position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 310 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 3rd of October, uh, 2020, at 204800 hours, uh, 850, 848 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast with the most, crack engineer, I warmly over there in the booth, holding up. That sign that we love best of all. The one that we like the best. The whiskey sign. That means it's time to drink. Mmm. Good. That would, of course... Oh, by the way, I were fired for not reminding me of... Mmm. For not reminding me to... Remind the audience that that would, of course, make it for our sequel friends, the one true diamond eight format. Courtesy brought to you this week by uh, a friend of the show, Mr. Jeff Jeffrey Wise. Uh, that would make it, of course, a 2020, uh, what, uh, 10? Yes, 10. 2049 now. Uh, and uh, 15 seconds. Uh, yeah, 15 seconds. So, 
We have a short show for you this week. And they're not right anymore! Sound the alarms! We're doomed! We're gonna be here till Christmas! Um, I mentioned your fire dive warm. Good, anyway. So, let's get straight to it. Um, big weird mess of a show. Top stories. Though, we will not sacrifice our show's structure in spite. We have no need to explode! The superstructure is Alright, no need to sacrifice <laughs> the integrity of the vessel, lads! Just give me ramming speed! Straight to our top stories. First of all, uh, Trump super spreader event last Saturday has landed him in the hospital where he is now with COVID. Positive diagnosis, him, Melania, uh, everyone except for Stephen Miller and uh, a couple of other people that I truly hate uh, are all sick with COVID. For the rest of them, fine. I will allow that they can seek medical treatment, but for Trump, I cannot believe. Evidently, right now, the, the story is that yesterday, before he got into the helicopter, the Marine One to take him to uh, Walter, Walter Reed. Um, I watched that live and it took like 30 minutes after Marine One touched down before it came out evidently they were arguing because Trump didn't want to go because he thought that uh, going to the hospital would make him look weak I wish that he had won that argument because evidently and it, you know we're getting a lot of conflicting reports because this morning uh, White House doctor flanked by doctors from Walter Reed came out and gave a little briefing in which he wouldn't like actually say anything concrete but did inadvertently intimate that uh, Trump yesterday was on supportive oxygen um, which is bad for a number of reasons and accounts for why he got is the first person uh, in recorded medical science to get both the experimental immunotherapy and remdesivir at the same time uh, anyway, he's doing well now, which is unfortunate. Uh, which leads us to our. Oh, by the way, bottom line of this is science wins. You can, you know, you can fucking. I, right now, what I would like is if he if, is if he were dying alone in the residence with a flashlight shoved up his ass, chugging bleach from a fucking kegerator. Um. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Let him enjoy the same shit that he's inflicted upon the rest of the country. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you can make your own reality or whatever, but reality will win. Uh, so science wins in this in this case. Uh, we'll see how he parlays it into more of a shitty disaster over the coming weeks. Oh, boy. But, in a related story, just tangen- not tangentially, but you know, this is a technology show. It's, you know, Best Links Games Podcast. We'll get to the games in a moment. Um, Twitter today started demanding that people who hope for him to die to pull their posts, which I found amazingly funny because they've allowed President Trump to actually directly incite, directly incite violence against specific people on their platform with absolutely no pause or hesitation but, and by by the way for the record, saying that you hope someone dies as generally distasteful as it is, although in this case I say it's completely morally defensible although that is normally not my bailiwick 
if you think about it, uh, this man has killed 150,000 people, uh, innocent, innocent people, his own civilians, innocent Americans, innocent American civilians, 150,000 people, he's gotten killed 1,000 a day for fucking eight months, I knew in February what he was doing and still did it anyway, which is as many people as Saddam Hussein gassed, he went to a war crimes tribunal and then had his head ripped off literally um, so at, at a certain point, the people who do evil in the world at a certain point you know, it's not enough to just um, let them continue and at a certain point, once they've caused enough damage and harm to other people uh, in spite of whatever you've done to restrain them, death is a perfectly acceptable option. Now, I'm not advocating that anyone do anything violent. I mean that, for reals. What I am saying is there's a big difference between hoping or wishing someone dead, which, according to the laws of science, you know, I don't know. Like, if there was, like, uh, if we lived in, you know, the Trump Dark Ages that he wants, like a feudal fucking Dark Ages, feudal Europe, well, yeah, maybe we could go find a were-sister or something and bring her, you know, Eye of Newt and Blood of the Gibbet Sweat and fucking Nightshade or whatever, and then we could pay her to make a potion, and then we could do a ritual that would wish or hope someone dead, but that doesn't exist in the fucking real world. So, uh, yeah. That's not even violent ideation, and it's not expressing my hopes that anyone do anything violent. And I mean that for reals. No one should kill anyone. But, hoping that someone dies as, I mean, I spent my whole life trying to control that specific impulse, um, in this case, is completely acceptable. Use of unnecessary force in the apprehension of the Blues Brothers, in this case, is totally tolerated. So it's just amazing that that Twitter steps in when people say, I hope. Where, meanwhile, all of Trump's fucking followers on Twitter just endlessly goon swarm with death threats, fear, I mean, literal threats. I'm going to kill you is a big difference. There's a big difference between I'm going to kill you and I hope you die. Or I wish that you were dead. Or I hope that he dies. Or she dies. Anyway. Holding the shit show. And my final thing about uh, Trump going to the hospital. I know because you don't tune in here for politics. But I just got to say this. My final thing about Trump fucking getting COVID and going to the hospital is this through his wanton recklessness, through his own fucking endless appetite to satisfy his needs for political expediency and re-election to save his own ass from future, in, potential fu- future in prison post-office. Um, through his efforts, he's condemned 100, over 150,000 people and 1,000 people to throw to their deaths, many of whom faced it alone maybe FaceTiming loved ones in their final moments. Um, And he's ground all of our lives to a fucking halt and put us in prison for almost a year now. He's ruined the economy. If you're not super rich, he's fucked you up really badly. 
I don't know anyone. I, okay, now I know people who have jobs, but they will not have them for much longer because... Anyway, the bottom line is this. Um, in a long series, in a, in a, in a four-year period, in a first term, in an only term, hopefully, uh, period... Trump has managed to break his oath of office more times than any other president and this time is no exception through his own fucking refusal to fucking listen to science or anybody else or anything and through his own fucking magical whimsical shitstorm of lies came to believe them to the point where he has now put the American people in the greatest danger that they've been in he has single-handedly managed to do what no adversary of the country, what every major adversary of the country pre and post the Cold War era has only dreamt of doing. He's managed to take out and significantly disrupt the command and control structure of the United States of America in our ability to react to and defend against any um, any action or event uh taken by one of our adversaries against us this was the entire idea of you know mutually assured mutually assured destruction during the the cold war was that you take out the head you cut off the head you eliminate the command and control you take out the leader you take out the leadership which is why we have a designated survivor Mm. didn't take anything like that just took a traitor our president just continuously not wearing masks and not believing in science and ensure and denigrating those who do around for wearing them when they're around him. And guess what? He's in the hospital. And evidently he may have almost died last night. Or was beginning to crash. You don't use supplementary oxygen when you're doing A-OK when you're 75 years old and you know as obese as I am. There you go. So not to bury the lead for this week's episode, um, our feature this week is Retro Madness. All about uh, the latest stuff that's happening to us in terms of uh, Retro Arch, emulation, and a bunch of other juicy shit that you definitely want to stick around and listen to. But before we get to that, we do have to mention a final top story. Star Wars Squadrons, much anticipated title. The first ostensibly uh, in cockpit simulator for the Star Wars universe, you know, so simulates X-Wing, like X-Wing, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, TIE Fighter, X-Wing Alliance, etc, 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 etc. Space Combat Flight Sim. Star Wars Squadrons was released this week, uh, and it is completely borked on Linux because it still uses EAC. And I want to, I really want to just bring this up because we went a little bit over long, well, not over long because we covered pretty much everything with our retro arch thing. But I just want to say that this underlines, this brings out this failure of Star Wars Squadrons to run on Linux at launch date when they will still take your money to pre order it. I've already returned it. I've already gotten my money back. It's fine. I was just really, 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 really excited about this game. And I knew that it probably wouldn't run on day one, probably wouldn't run on week one for us Linux users, but it was still sold as it's going to run on Linux. 
it's published by EA but the game itself is bro- broken by Easy Andy Cheat, EAC which is now owned by Epic and so this highlights the bigger topic I love that EAC that, that, that EA, Electronic Arts and Valve have buried the hatchet between each other this happened, you know, several months ago, months and months ago, actually. Now, um, and we've we've covered it extensively. It's what allows me to play Star Wars Battlefront Two, and uh, you know, all sorts of uh, electronic arts games that, like, I've always wished, like uh, um, uh, Mirror's Edge, uh, uh, what's it called? Catalyst, Mirror's Edge, Catalyst, Battlefield Five, which. Once you fix it enough, it runs great. Um, whole bunch of other games, whole slew of games, massive slew of titles, quality AAA titles that previously didn't run. But here's the problem: it, that was months and months ago. This is a brand new fucking game. Valve and EA have buried the hatchet. Okay, when the fuck will Valve start barking down fucking EA snorkel? terms of the value of this partnership when will that partnership ever result in Electronic Arts actually releasing on day one fucking playable titles for Linux via Proton i.e. ditch the EAC or fucking you you know it's like oh well but I need EAC because that's you know I'm the publisher EA is the publisher Steam and Valve are the distributor in this case so the distributor goes to the publisher and says motherfucker I am selling games to people who are returning them you said you would fix this you know part of our agreement is that you support Proton you support Linux now and EA comes back at them and says oh yeah but EAC is like what our our developer decided to use, well then you bark down the snorkel of the fucking developer, and tell them either get on the phone with EAC and tell them to fucking support Linux and stop permanently banning people who run Linux, I mean Jesus fucking Christ if Valve started to exert the same degree of pressure in a, um, you know, it doesn't need to be a public way, but they need to start exerting the same degree of pressure that they were putting on the overall industry when they were fighting a a lonely battle um, you know, starting fucking four years ago four years ago that was when they started to get really aggressive with other publishers, like, you know man, you gotta start supporting Linux and then when that didn't work they had a backup plan. They dropped Proton on the entire fucking world. So, ba-bam! Doesn't matter if you don't want to fucking support Linux. We're going to make you support Linux by providing a fucking compatibility layer for your fucking games, whether you like it or not. And we'll work around your problems. But, this is actually a partnership. Almost a partnership. Um, between Valve and Electronic Arts. So, they need to fucking pull their heads out of their asses and EA needs, or you know, whoever developed this game, or EA itself needs to start pressuring EAC to do this, because this is ridiculous it's only EAC that is preventing us from running uh, Star Wars Squadrons 
and that is just, it's not rocket surgery, I mean probably half of the people listening to my voice right now can, in their head figure out like, how easy, what a simple fucking fix this is, it's just EAC stops disallowing fucking Linux users from connecting to their servers it's that simple and back before Epic owned EAC, EAC was a force for good, now it is just a force of cock-blocking tyranny that's unacceptable and really, I'm starting to get pissed at Valve for not really going to bat over this, because if they had exerted the same, if they if they start to exert the same amount of pressure and squeeze they can over the people who are now their partners who are formerly their enemies they start to exert the same pressure that they were trying to apply to the entire game industry alone four years ago when they looked a lot less relevant than they do now um this would happen overnight I don't know what the fuck is going on I don't know what to tell you but until EAC is fixed there will be no Star Wars Squadrons which breaks my heart many apologies go out to friend of the show Master Andy Wan my my Star Wars Battlefield buddy um, one of the nicest guys I know I yelled at him when he started playing it and I was like no you don't understand I'll never be able to play this game because it's it's got easy enemy cheat which is a shitty conversation to have I was super angry I was super furious and I was very drunk but uh, I did you know I felt bad that I yelled at him but I'm tired of being treated like a fucking second class citizen I pay full price just like everybody else and you sell it to me you sell it to me knowing my system specs and everything and yet you do not support me luckily thank god Steam has their return policy so unfortunately we try not to cover too much shit that's borkened and broke and derp derp derpified uh, because this is the best Linux games podcast not the best broken games that you can't play on Linux podcast but it, it you know it's squadrons and it does brook a major message a major mention you know so there you go I will based him with the with the feature let's go let's go retro Who do you think? oh my god it's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! Last night, well, over the past week, I've been, if you listen to last, last week's show, the episode about MAME and emulation and stuff, I got my uh, RetroPie, uh, RetroArch working again on my, you uh, got my ROM sets and everything sorted out and I've been uh, with an eye towards doing certain things, one of the things that I wanted to do uh, with RetroArch that I cannot do which is like a big problem is get my uh, my uh, tornado spinner which I built a box for and everything, that was like eight months ago but I haven't, you know, blah I can't get RetroArch to recognize a spinner, and I don't know why RetroArch insists on being such a fucking pain in the ass when it comes to remapping shit for MAME because like, I just want to be able to press tab in a game and just fucking remap 
that game, or all of MAME, even, why doesn't RetroArch pull its settings from the in... because that's the best way to set up MAME. RetroArch's endless layers of abstraction between itself and MAME and your, your control interfaces make it really problematic and very difficult. Ve- I mean, extraordinarily difficult. Even if you can find the right configuration files, you might have options that prevent them from being written or from being read. Um, whether or not you're in RetroArch at the time. So those things are some bad things about RetroArch. The good things about RetroArch that I've discovered is that it is fucking under furious. They're working furiously on that fucking thing. They release like a new core or a new update of a, of a core all the time. By the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with, ret- well, with what RetroArch is, it's the front end to the LibRetro uh project, I guess, yeah. Um, which is a series of instead of having to go through an endless series of front ends that may or may not be supported or downloadable, which I did earlier this week, because it's been a long time since I've been in the been this hardcore into emulation again, but I want to bring back the main ROM review. Mm. And livestream retro insanity, which we'll get to in a moment, which we did for the first time last night. Um, instead of having to piece together from whole cloth, and it, it, if you're on Linux, then you might really need to like actually compile the front ends and get the emulators, and maybe even compile the emulators too for each individual system you want. And there is no really good unified uh, front end for all of the emulators like there used to be, available for Linux, although QML, I think it's QML QLM, QML 2 mess multi-emulator super system which actually got swallowed up by MAME anyway, it doesn't really have a good front end bottom line is this you would have to like get each emulator that for each system that you want to emulate and you'd basically have to configure each emulator individually and then if you wanted to launch a game like let's say you're playing Super Nintendo and then you wanted to launch a, you know, a Sega Genesis game you'd have to open up a new emulator for the Genesis you know blah 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 that's how it's always been there was a brief golden moment during the attract mode and walkade and um, what was the one that I really loved there was a great mess front end that just ran on the desktop that was like designed specifically so you could have like your keyboard and everything, but it didn't have like the attract mode features. Track mode is uh, a front end that basically turns whatever it's hooked up to into an arcade cabinet. Very much like RetroPie. I can't remember if RetroPie uses a track mode or what, but the bottom line is that it only allows the end user um you know, once it's in that mode to be able to navigate the games, not the file system or gain administration, pri- administrator privileges, no super user, nothing like that, uh, no terminal or anything. Uh, ideally, so that you could have like a, you know, fucking badass main setup or a, b- a badass arcade style standalone setup. Blah. RetroPie has simplified this by using. Bam, RetroArch and LibRetro. This is what the LibRetro project does: is they've codified and encapsulated into one cross-platform 
package that runs on everything from, you know, a Raspberry Pi, you know, from your, an ARM device like a Raspberry Pi all the way up to, you know, to, uh, like your actual fucking PC with, you know, 3D acceleration or whatever. Oh, it's not going to matter that much. Uh, and across operating systems, it'll run on Windows, Linux. I think it even runs on Mac, but that's not an operating system. So, mm. it's just mean of us to like bring that up that, you know, there is a Mac operator or whatever. Like, cause yeah, good luck with that. But anyway, it, it brings it all together into one unified fucking thing and it's front end. Um, how does it do that? It uses a system, uh, uh, they call them cores, but the bottom line is this RetroArch is the front end to Lib Retro. And so you do everything through RetroArch whose interface and look I do not like and find very difficult to customize, but but it is easier in a lot of ways for most systems than anything else that's ever been available on Linux. It's pretty much one-click install because all the cores, you download them inside of RetroArch and it configures them and everything. You can even run RetroArch as a flat pack or a snap. Um, I don't recommend you do that though. Mm. And then there's RetroPie, which is tied very much. They're not like officially linked, I don't think, but um, the two projects benefit synergistically from each other. RetroPie is a great uh, SSD card image for your Raspberry Pi. Um, that is basically a pre-configured more or less, like, you know, you need to know your way around Linux, because you, you have to manage it via SSH, and then you have to configure it via the shell, but whatever, it turns a Raspberry Pi into a walking arcade machine. Raspberry Pi 4, in particular, um, the reviews I've read, uh, it's particularly robust and actually able to handle even some of the heavier end of the emulation spectrum, like, uh, I think it can handle Dreamcast even and shit like that. But anyway, RetroArch though is really good. It's just I'm having some serious problems getting um, it to recognize my spinner only when I want to recognize my spinner and only in games. And I don't know why it has to be that complicated because MAME itself because it just calls its own version of MAME, but it's like its crippled version of MAME. So even if you do get into the MAME menu for that game, you know, the game's running in the background <coughs> um, there's no way to remap the controls from there, which sucks because, I guess that's because LibRetro is providing the interface to re- uh, Retro Arch, which is then providing the inputs that Retro Arch understands to MAME but it's really irritating and I would also love to be able to easily and instantaneously uh, remap buttons for specific games without having to get out of the game, go back into RetroArch and then there are endless series of menus in RetroArch that are very confusing but once you get it all configured, if you can generally if your needs are like you know a standard you know play uh, Xbox 360 style joystick for like, you know, everything like that, and then like uh, maybe a 3 or 6 button for like Sega, if you want it to be really hardcore 
uh, that that's pretty easy. That's actually very easy to do. But you can't remap any of the button's actual functions inside of RetroArch. It's a big... If you're like me and you're a perfectionist and shit when it comes to... Anyway. It's gonna become a problem for you and blah. But it's still, on the whole, once you get your library scanned, your ROMs and everything scanned, and you pick out your cores and you download your cores and everything, um... It's not the prettiest front end, but fuck. I can run everything from Intellivision through Super Famicom, Wonder Swan, NES, Super NES, Genesis, Master System, Sega CD, 32X, 32X, uh, 32X plus Sega CD, TurboGrafx 16, uh, Commodore C64. Uh, it doesn't have an Apple IIe emulator in it that I, I that there's no core for that, but I, one will be coming soon. I'm positive. Uh, even as support for Virtual Jaguar, you know, Lynx, Game Gear, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, uh, Mame. Although I do not like the Mame, any of the Mame solutions that by virtue of what the the effect that I just described because you know generally when you're running this should be the fucking topic of this show fuck it we'll call this our feature and then we'll just rant about Star Wars Squadrons later and then we'll reverse edit it I guess was park one where the other one was but anyway so because I got a lot more to talk about in terms of retro madness so Yeah, okay, so all the systems that you can... A 3DO, 3DO games run great. Um, I, 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 Which I had never known because I had never been able to emulate 3DO successfully, but I got a good, you know, with the last purchase, um, I got a good uh, ROM set. You know, reasonably good. It has a couple games in it that I, I like to play. But uh, more importantly... If you just want to emulate games that have like standard form factors, like, you know, I'm talking about like two buttons, four buttons, three buttons, you know, or PlayStation or Xbox 360 style slash PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 style games, games that run with like a modern controller, a normal modern gamepad, it does not get much easier than running RetroArch and it's super easy to install on any fucking computer uh, which makes it great there is a lack of flexibility for those of you who don't know generally your MAME ROM sets are keyed to specific versions of MAME so one of the big problems that I have with RetroArch in terms of MAME is that it doesn't it generally doesn't specify in terms of the cores that are available the version of MAME that it's actually emulating. So what they did is they made uh, a core called Arcade MAME 2003 Plus, which generally can work with a bunch of different ROM sets, but there's a caveat, I can't get it to actually just combine all the ROM sets that I have and sort out the working 
what you know there's a lot of functionality that's left to be desired in terms of mame uh in retroarch but if and that's and, and that's basically because like i said i'm a perfectionist so i want tempest to run expecting my token top spinner or my uh, tornado spinner my token top is on my XRK tank stick two player, which is too big. I don't have the room to deploy that at will. Like if, you know, anyone ever came over here, if we ever survive the COVID times, uh, maybe I could have people over here again and, you know, we hook it up to my TV again and, you know, it runs off of my other machine that's actually hooked up to my TV. And then you have fucking two player fucking massive action, and that's where my token top spinner is, but, like, if you want your if, if you want to, like, configure a spinner for Tempest in MAME, and Major Havoc in MAME you're shit out of luck by ro- trying to run it through RetroArch, that is and I spent a lot of hours this week combing through LibRetro's fairly fucked up documentation, blah, but that's, like, the negative side the negative side of retro arch is it's not that great for mame but if all you want to do is run mame games that are like you know that aren't as esoteric or um don't feature as many unique uh control interfaces or control styles like if if you don't want to run discs of tron like you're playing discs of tron which i will be live streaming tonight actually um, or Major Havoc, or Tempest, or you know, uh, uh, Arkanoid, or Arkanoid Two, Revenge of Dar, Breakout, or or uh, anything with a spinner, anything with a trackball, anything like that, and just want to stick with like games like Russian Attack, or um, you know, other standard arcade fare, which is kind of a misnomer, but whatever, you can pretty much get away with it by using Mame, using Retro Arch to manage your MAME stuff, but it's still going to have problems detecting and organizing your library, especially if you want it to organize your library across different sets, which is an unrealistic expectation to ask of something that is already this uh, powerful and pretty much complete. Like, I mean, fucking running in television and Sega CD games has never been easier. Although their Intellivision emulator doesn't uh, support the voice module yet, so Wait for the phone! Wait for the tiger! Wait for the phone! Uh, <laughs> that's the Intellivision voice module impersonation that I do. Anyway, um... But even Intellivision works fine. Uh, I haven't tried the C64 emulator, but it's all set up for my library. It's got all the ROMs imported. Uh, one problem I've had across the board with this RetroArch, this is my third time with RetroArch, by the way. Other times that I've used RetroArch, I've used Lutris uh, to, to be like my front end to RetroArch. I've also used RetroArch as the back end with Steam being the front end. If friend of the show, BPR, would ever fucking grace me again by answering one of my fucking questions in the Discord, which would be great, considering that I ask almost nothing of him ever, but the one time that I needed help was, like, this week, actually, I asked three different questions, two of which I solved immediately, and he was like, oh, no, 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 it doesn't matter, but the other one's been, like, outstanding now for five days, I think, and he's not helping me, and he knows his shit, but he helped me back in the day get, uh, Steam running RetroArch in the background via, uh, you can check out go, go into the episode backlog, you can find the episode where we do that um, 
I want to say it was around this time last year. Uh, actually, more like spring of last year. But anyway. Retro, I wouldn't recommend using Steam, using the method that's described in that, that old episode. Because it, it just makes your Steam library really difficult to manage and adds a lot of overhead to like Steam itself. And God knows... Steam sometimes can barely even handle itself at this rate. Anyway, RetroArch is fucking awesome, is the bottom line. And it even has support, I think, it has cores for Jaguar, so you don't need Virtual Jaguar, but I do still prefer to run MAME Virtual Jaguar, because then you can control your version of MAME, so you can key it to whatever ROM set that you still have. And by virtue of not showing you what fucking version of ROM set that they want it makes the scanning of your folders in RetroArch a really long, repetitive process that is prone to failure and at best prone to lots of inaccuracy and it doesn't do a good job of taking your um, your flyers, your cabinet art and your snaps and your vids and all the other assorted um stuff that you get with a complete MAME set. I'm still using my old complete MAME set, by the way. As one of the disappointments from... This is an update on the story that we did last week about uh, buying a new MAME ROM set. My new MAME ROM set sucks, but it is awesome for many systems that I really, really like, and they're pretty much complete. Like, Nintendo... Super Famicom, uh, Super Nintendo, uh, Genesis, uh, bunch of others, just a whole fucking slew of other systems. Uh, and so that saved me some time. But, what? I hear you cry. What if? Mm. And of course, as I intimated last week, I own every single arcade game ever made. There, just, I have an endless warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark it is just stacked with the fucking boards from all of these arcade games. I own every license to every fucking game that we're talking about, and I know that you do too, which is why it is complete. I, uh, I assume that you do too, and uh, I know that for a fact that if you're listening to this, that there's a good chance that you, like myself, have not only owned all of these, but you still own them, but you've owned multiple copies of them, and it, and on top of that, you've spent hundreds of dollars on all of these games um, endlessly, multiple times. Uh, if not in the arcade, then, you know, at the software store, at, 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 uh, oh god, what was the name of that? What the fuck was the name of the goddamn store in the mall? The expensive store. Fuck! Not Babbage's. Oh, God. Babbage's was Midwest. Fuck! Had a blue and white logo. It was so... God. I can't remember the name of the store. Fuck. I'm dating myself. Anyway, so I assume that you have all of, you know, blah, blah, blah. So say no more about that or the legality. Because what you do with your own life is your own responsibility. Before I continue, though, let me highly recommend that you get uh, a VPN... Uh, such as privateinternetaccess.com, which is my personal VPN. 
I really like them. They're really good. And their client, which runs cross-platform, uh, has no limitations and matches you to very fast, generally speaking, very fast uh, uh, relays um, that you, and you can select, you know, how far you want them or whatever. Uh, has great auto-connect features once you get it configured for one device and you can run it on Windows, you can run it on, you know, Linux runs great on Linux. The client on Linux is so much better now than it was before. Anyway, I would suggest that you get that. Now, that brings us to our final thing for this week's show. Because like I said, we're going to edit out the next part and put it before this. (laughs) Archive.org The Wayback Machine. This is crazy. So the Wayback Machine... The Internet Archive, archive archive.org, is now being used, or can now be used, to index old torrents for all sorts of retro video game stuff, from ROMs to check disks to images to entire archives of every fucking video game magazine that you ever read as a kid from Die Hard Game Fan episode, you know, issue 1 to the end of the ma- Game Pro Nintendo Power Tandy Whiz Kids every comic book that you could ever imagine because these torrents and they have an organization feature on there now that allows users to create collections inside of archive.org so all you need to do is find the right collection page and you can end up with something like Mad Hatter says which is in almost endlessly scrolling it takes like 10 minutes if you were to read every item on it it has his own personal favorite collections of ROMs for every system ROMs, game images ISOs, check discs all of it retro he has nothing more modern than, he doesn't even get as modern as the Dreamcast but he, I think he has uh, Playstation 1 and uh, yeah, he has Playstation 1 on there but we're not even talking about the ROM sets by the way, his ROM sets are fantastic all of these, by the way all the torrents for these, which are available on the page, and they have complete descriptions for each individual item. Torrents have web seeds. The web seeds give you blazingly fast torrent downloads. Like, I can pull down on my, my machine here, I can pull down 88 gigabytes in <clears throat> around two hours. Uh, which is like as fast as my computer can write shit to the hard drive. I think pretty much. Mm. These, but it's not just Mad Hatter says. By the way, check out the show blurb for this week. You can find a link to Mad Hatter says, and he is one, only one among many, a multitude of people who have curated <clears throat> retro content using archive.org. And this is the new way. It, it looks like this might be a new way to track torrents, um, because the torrent themselves, the torrent itself, is still alive. But this is just part of archive.org. It's the Internet Archive. It's a Wayback Machine. We'll see if legal implications 
develop later on. I don't see how they can because it's just archiving, you know, a torrent, a magnet, a, a, a torrent file. A torrent file doesn't do anything. <clears throat> a torrent file is just a pointer. And even that pointer doesn't point to any one specific person. It points to just, yeah, you see what I'm saying. But the web links might make it a little more legally, legally perilous, but it's none of my business, because like I said, and I'm sure, you know, we're all fine fellows, good standing. That's right, I have more whiskey. Uh, let me put it you this way. Now is a great time to avail yourself of the riches that the Wayback Machine now deceptively offers and organizes for you via dedicated users who are curating awesome collections of shit. So, what do I mean by a collection? So, like, when, for instance, when you go to Matt Hatter says on archive.org Hmm. Oh, more whiskey. Hang on, one moment. You get presented with it looks like um, a blog roll, but it's, you know, it's a grid blog roll, so it's like four across and five high, and each has a picture and a description, and like the first 15 of them are like ROM sets and ISO sets and stuff like that organized and they they each have a name attached to them and that name is important because you you want to follow like a specific curator, you want to follow quality curators of the ROM sets the people who actually put together that ROM set and so their names are shown click on one of those icons, it takes you to the complete description page for that ROM set this generally includes a complete title listing of everything that's in that ROM set, what it's compatible with etc, 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 etc along with uh, an actual description, a descriptive paragraph at the lead that tells you what the guy was thinking when he put together this ROM set, either himself or why this ROM set is included on the curated page, which is what we were on. That's all Matt Hatter says is on archive.org. He's just a curator. And so he, he put together this retro page. And so that's like a ROM set. Oh, and, and on the right side of the page, if you scroll down about, you know, a couple of full mouse wheels down, a couple taps of the page down key, you'll see you can download it as either, you know, a zip or whatever. Generally speaking, when it's ROM sets, it's only a torrent. That's the only way I've done it because, like, it's the only way that makes sense. And so that gives you the link. You open the link, you know, in transmission, GTK, or whatever fucking uh, BitTorrent client you use. And it starts pulling it down. It's awesome. So, let's back out. We'll just... I'm, I'm not looking at it in front of me right now. I'm just walking you through this process. So then let's say, let's back out. Let's jump out of the, that ROM set. We're back on the, you know, main index page for this curator. And by the way, if in any ROM set that you find by searching the internet points you to archive.org, if you scroll down on that page, there will be an at username 
associated with that ROM set that will take you to their curated collection page. So, like, you see what I'm saying? So, Matt Hatter says, like, let's say that's actually like a username. Matt Hatter says is just a user who's curated a bunch of retro shit. He hasn't actually packaged or made the ROM sets, but he does write. He, you see what I'm saying? So anyway, so let's back out of that ROM set. So we're back on the the main archive page for Matt Hatter says his his retro collection, and you scroll down. That's when the magazines start showing up, and they're broken up according, you know, depending on how many issues. The only thing that they don't, that this guy doesn't have in terms of magazines, he has every issue of every magazine I've ever fucking subscribed to in terms of video games. Um, It's so awesome. And he has lots of comic books, too. But they're, they're, I imagine that they're torrents for comic books on a similar level. And of course, we all own every comic book ever made uh, already. We have them in our clear plastic bags and stuff. But, uh, I'm just telling you, avail yourself of this resource, especially because God knows how long any of us might last, but how long something like this might last. And that's our show for this week. Uh, Cheers, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week, hopefully with better news. Yeah, I I mean, this is great news, but I mean, like, hopefully it's been a better news week and stuff. Cheers. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh. Four or five times. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. 
For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.